business. I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi, and uh, I got my blackjack gum here, and I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling that something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Don't shake hands. Brothers gotta hug. Come out to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. Oh, you. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked? I'm your huckleberry. My advice to you is to start drinking heavily. Put that coffee down. Pauline, this calls for the old Billy Barule. That's a huge bitch! The royal penis is clean, your highness. Hey, where are the white women at? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's over, Johnny. It's over! And how's everybody doing out there? Oh, you got Hollywood Hangout here. Look, I know there's a ton of uh, good wrestling on tonight. You got Rampage Special Edition and all that stuff. I know I'm not going to get a bit of big audience, but that's all right. I am still going to go ahead and knock this bad boy out. I am doing Urban Cowboy. Oh, am I excited to, 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 to really excited to do this movie? I can't even talk. My God, um, a lot to get into in this movie. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to be doing this. Um, Smarky Dubs in the chat says wrestling is gay. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure that's that's appropriate for a show like this, but uh, we'll 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 let them slide. Um, but anyway, yeah, I am. Uh, I'm going to be talking Urban Cowboy in a little bit. I want to get into the soundtrack. I want to get into how this movie and John Travolta changed literally the culture of uh, of the United States on this movie. I really want to get into that. Um, I'll be honest. If 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 worse comes to worst, I will uh, I will do a two parter. But I don't think I'm going to have to. Um, 
I want to get into a lot. The soundtrack of this movie was absolutely amazing. Uh, like I said, John Travolta changed a culture of the way people dressed and acted and everything in 1980 with this movie. So we're going to get into all that. Uh, before I do get into that, I'm going to go ahead and knock out uh, plugs right here real quick. Um, not going to be, I'm going to go ahead and just, I, I got the soundtrack in here because that's what I was playing. So I'm just going to go ahead and roll with the soundtrack. But uh, we'll get into the whole soundtrack of this movie. The soundtrack was huge for the movie Urban Cowboy. Now I know it's a 1980 movie. I know most people don't like country, but this country back in 1980 was different than the country you hear today with the twang, with the, 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 especially the pop country. It's, it really is different than what you hear today. So I'm going to go ahead and just kind of roll this in, in the background. Uh, I want you guys to be checking out the high marks. That's right. It's cheese, man. It's Mojo. It's G whiz. And you guys want to be checking them out. That's right. Mm, the, the, Monday nights, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Definitely check them out on Mixler.com slash Metal Mitt. That's right, two T's and Mitt Network. And my wife brought in a shot. Give me one sec. I'm going to cheers and shot for everybody for Urban Cowboy. Here we go. All right. We got Bobby uh, Blaze and Bobby Anthem. Those are the Inhumans. They are on the Inhuman Experience. And I want you guys to go to every place you get your podcasts subscribe to them check them out you will not be disappointed and of course you've got everything unscripted wrestling podcast it's eric it's doug it's daniel and they are great guys matter of fact eric will be back on the show wednesday night for dirt sheet dudes so check them out over there also but uh check them out on blog talk radio and all the usual podcast platforms too steve milan really appreciate you sharing the show Letterboxd, B-O-X-D.com, slash Stephen Milan, double, double the L's in Milan. That's where you can go over, show him a little bit of love. He's over there reviewing movies. Check it out. And, of course, you guys know where to find this show right here. You can find it on Spreaker. You can find me on Stitcher, iHeart, Spotify, Google, TuneIn, Player FM, anywhere you find podcasts. Hopefully, you're going to find this show. Um, all right, so there we go. I'm going to drop this down here. Uh, there we go right there. There's plugs. Now, once again, I want to get into this movie. I've got a lot to get into with this movie, to be honest with you. Like I said, I want to get into the soundtrack. I want to get into the actors. I want to get into how John Travolta literally changed a culture of people to want to be cowboys. I mean, he, he really did. He made people start dressing like cowboys. He made people start acting like cowboys. Now, I got to be honest, um, I moved from Boston when I was six years old, so that would have been 1981. Uh, I didn't see this movie until I was probably about nine years old. Um, my parents started showing me this movie. My dad had the eight track to the, sound, to, the, to the soundtrack that he used to play in his car, so country music to me was just kind of, uh, just kind of commonplace. Um, and again, back then, country music wasn't, it wasn't exactly country. It was played on a lot of radio stations. Like I said, I mean, you know, the Eagles are on this soundtrack. Um, here, let me go ahead and pull this up real quick. Give me a second here. 
Um, the Eagles are on this soundtrack. A lot of people are on this soundtrack. Well, why can't I pull this up? We've got the Eagles. We've got Johnny Lee. We've got Cuddy Sark. We've got Jimmy Buffett on this soundtrack. Uh, Charlie Daniels Band. Johnny Lee, who uh, was married to Charlene Tilton. If you ever saw Dallas back then, she was on that show. I uh, didn't treat her very well. He was kind of a wife-beating son of a bitch, but uh, I like his music. Bonnie Raitt. Um, uh, Mickey Gilly, who is actually very, very prominent in this movie. Matter of fact, the bar they go to a lot in this movie is called Gillies. Um, and it literally, it, it was owned by Mickey Gilly. It was a huge place, could hold up to 7,000 people. And I got to tell you, after after this movie came out, uh, country bars started popping up everywhere, everywhere. I mean, it, it was just amazing. Once again, this movie changed the culture. John Travolta had a kind of, I guess, a knack for doing that, for changing the way people thought, the way people dressed, for literally making them want to be him. I mean, you know, you you, you sit there and talk about Elvis Presley, but yeah, yes, Yes, weebs. Jimmy Buffett was country before he was the island singer. And then he started, and, and what makes it kind of come full circle is he started writing country songs again. Alan Jackson, that was his main writer. Uh, it's five o'clock somewhere. Who do you think wrote that? Jimmy Buffett. That's why his name is in the song. What would Jimmy Buffett do? It's in there. So literally he started, he started off in country. He went to this island music, which made him gaboodles of money. I don't even know what a gaboodle is, but it's a lot of fucking money. And um, he went from there to kind of circling back to country. So I'm going to play a little bit of the soundtrack for you guys in a little bit. I'll get that handled as we go. But um, the, the music in this movie was played on all stations. You got to realize that. Back in the eighties, this movie this movie was that big that it that yeah, I mean the, the Eagles are on this soundtrack, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, you didn't know the Eagles were country? Yeah, yeah. The Eagles were kind of country back in the day, whether you know it or not, they were. But um, yeah, you know what? I, I'll kind of get into the soundtrack a little bit right now as we're kind of going through this, just to make it a little bit easier. Um, this movie is definitely, definitely one that I've been waiting to do for a very long time. I didn't want to torture anybody by making them, forcing them to listen to the country music in this movie. I had threatened Anthony a while back after Fat Beach that I was going to make him watch this movie. Um, but I won't do that. I won't do that. I, I think it's better that I just do this movie myself. And uh, knock this bad boy out. Smarks, smarks, smarks lingering in the background. If he wants to join in, he's welcome to. Um, I got Skype loaded up just in case he wants to. But uh, uh, that's what I'm going to do real quick. I'm going to, to be honest, I just got the soundtrack. Actually took it off of a CD and put it on Windows and uh, ripped the soundtrack is what I did. So give me a minute. I'm actually going to take the soundtrack and put it in. Windows media player 
And uh, I want to get into the soundtrack just a little bit. Because once again, the soundtrack was absolutely huge. I mean huge for this movie. Um, it, 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 it just... It went with the movie. It carried the movie. You'll hear a lot of the parts I play have music behind them. Um, just once again, the country music in this movie was just very, very prominent. And it it made the movie. It really did. It actually made the movie much better, in my opinion. So let's just, uh, literally, the soundtrack sold millions of copies, especially three songs. Um, one was Looking for Love by Johnny Lee. The next was Can I Have This Dance, which I believe was Bonnie Ray. Give me a sec. Let me go back to this right here. Can I Have This Dance was, I'm sorry, Ann Murray. And the other song was All Night Long, which was the Eagles. Right there. So once again, the Eagles were uh, a, a huge part of this soundtrack. Not a lot of people know that they were kind of country back in those days, but once again, they were. So, all right, here, give me a second here. I got to tell you, I've had a couple shots. Obviously, you know that, and I'm hiccuping a little bit, but I'll be just fine. Um, all right, I got this loaded up. Let me do this real quick. Give me one second, and we will get into the soundtrack for this movie right here. Uh, once again, this soundtrack was just such a big hit for this movie. Um, and I didn't, I just didn't have a chance to get it over to where it needs to go. Uh, give me one sec. I'm almost done here. Almost. Just about got where I need to be. Urban, urban, urban. Where is the actual folder? Not a lot of folders for this thing. Let me see where I put that bad boy. Give me one sec. Let me re-extract it. That's right. It was a Windows file. So I'm going to have to re-extract that bad boy. Nope. Here we go. Let me put it in. Got it done. One, two. All right. Here we go. I'm going to start out with, uh, again, the soundtrack of this movie was was the movie. Um, Jesus Christ. It almost seems like they, I'm not going to play every song by the way, just to let you know. But I am going to play a few songs, uh, not the whole song, a few seconds of each song, um, just to kind of let you know what the soundtrack was like, what the country music was like back in 1980 when this movie came out. Um, remember, if it was came out in 1980, it was filmed in 78, 79. So you're going to have what was country back then. And I got to tell you, I think country back then was a lot better, like I said, this pop country doesn't do it for me. This, this is the country music that I grew up on. Um, I was around, I've said before on some shows that uh, I rode horses. Um, did actual horse shows, hunter jumper horse shows, which if you watch the Olympics, those really high jumps, those are, those are what I did. They might've been a little, at a lower, a lower setting, but the hunter jumpers is what I did back in back when I was a kid. My sister also did them. Um, also, she still has horses, but we hung out with a lot of the. We usually shared the arena with the rodeo guys. It would be us during the day. It'd be the rodeo guys at night. So we kind of got to know a lot of these people with the horses, with the bulls, with this, with that, 
and it was pretty cool. It really was pretty cool. You know, I'd hang out with the guys riding the bulls, and they would tell me what it was like to do, you know, do this, do that. I, I got to be honest. I'm not sure the guys' names I hung out with, but I hung out with some of the most prolific rodeo riders back then. People have told me I hung out with Lane Frost, which we talked about in eight seconds, me and Anthony, when uh, Luke Perry died, because uh, he played Lane Frost. But I don't remember. I do not remember. But people have told me, I talked to him. He was there. He was one of the guys that I spoke to when I was, uh, you know, just kind of messing, you know, interested in what the Cowboys were doing back then. Um, but I'm going to play a few songs here, just kind of knock out a few. First, like I said, we've got All Night Long by the Eagles. Let's go ahead and rock that. Again, a lot of people don't understand that the Eagles were what they were. They were they were definitely a rock band, 100%. But back then, that slower kind of rock was also country. It mixed together. Uh, that Leonard Skinnerd, all that stuff. You'd hear Leonard Skinner on the rock station, on the country station. You and you still do. So I mean, let's let's face it. A lot of the country stations still play uh, Leonard Skinnerd certain songs, but it was just back in the eighties. Again, my dad had the eight track to this movie. That's how old it is. Um, I wish I still had it, but but I don't. Um, but I. Again, we're just going to kind of, you know, uh, the Eagles were definitely a country band back then. It's just amazing how it works, but they were. They had a lot of country to them. Uh, we had, once again, um, Johnny Lee, who I talked about just a minute ago. Um, not a great guy. Not a great guy, but before all that got exposed, uh, he made a lot of songs. Uh, one of the songs that he sang in this movie was Looking for Love, which Smark kind of knows. I had that song at my wedding. It was one of the songs me and my wife danced to. I love that song. It's a great song. Again, I kind of grew up around this kind of crew. I grew up around the Cowboys. I grew up around, you know, I, like I said, my sister started riding horses when I was very young. So I started hanging out with these guys. We shared the arena with them. We would do it during the day. The Cowboys, you know, the the rodeo guys would do it at night. So this is what I was involved in, technically. 
whether I knew it or not. I didn't know it back then that I was involved in the, the rodeo, but I was in a, in, in a way. So let's go ahead and jam a little bit of uh, Johnny Lee once again. Uh, this is Cherokee Fiddle. Great song by him. I'm not going to play every song, but I'm going to play a few. Here we go. Johnny Lee. Johnny Lee. Once again, not the not the same country you're gonna hear nowadays. It it, it it's just not. It, th- this is when country was real country. And once again, I mean, you got Travolta out there again. He really did change the way people. Uh, after this movie, people started dressing like cowboys. You know, you'll hear a line in actually in that song right there. Now the cowboys are dressing like Indians and the Indians are putting leather, uh, you know, leather and turk or uh, the Indians are dressing up like cowboys and the cowboys are putting leather and turquoise on. It, it really was that way. The people were dressing like cowboys back then. A lot of people were just just doing it. They wanted to be like John Travolta. Uh, John Travolta was just such an influence on people in those days that they just wanted to be whatever he was so it was really amazing um play a quick little uh, again i brought up ann murray earlier earlier jesus christ i can barely speak and uh she did a song on this album called could i have this dance and here we go Very prominent song in the movie. Actually was their wedding song in the movie. 
Uh, you'll, you'll, uh, we'll get to that part, and you'll, uh, I'll tell you when they dance to it. Uh, Devil Went Down to Georgia, another song on this soundtrack. Probably one I don't need to play. You guys, I think everyone in the world has heard that song. If you haven't, where the fuck have you been? But Charlie Daniels actually is in this movie. Uh, for a little bit when they're doing the the tournament, which we'll we'll get to in a little bit. Um, so there you go. Uh, Don't make you want to dance is another song. Don't need to really play it. Kind of is what it is. Now again, I said Jimmy Buffett uh, to make Smark happy. Um, I'm going to go ahead and play a little bit again. I said he was country. A lot of people don't know the songs that he did back in uh back in the 80s that were a country so i'm gonna give you a little taste of jimmy buffett back then and country and one hell of a song here you go Jimmy Buffett, little country. Once again, I, I I don't think that's a Jimmy Buffett people are uh, are used to listening to. But back in the early seventies, early eighties. Oh, I'm sorry, late seventies, early eighties. Jimmy Buffett was country, and like I said, he's come full circle at this point. He writes a lot of country songs for a lot of people. I don't particularly like the country songs he writes. I do like Jimmy Buffett. I've been to a lot of concerts of his, but uh, I always thought it was weird that Jimmy Buffett was had a song in Urban Cowboy. And there you go. That's the song right there. Um, again, a little weird just hearing Jimmy Buffett. Country Jimmy Buffett. But there you go. Right there, a little country Jimmy Buffett. We get, now Mickey Gilly again. The bar in the movie is named Gilly's. Mickey Gilly is the real owner of that bar. We'll get into that as we get to the movie. Uh, he's got a few songs in that movie. This is the main one, right when he walked, right in the beginning of the movie, and I'm going to play it. Here comes the herd again. Oh. 
That's a little more of that. Uh, that is the country a lot of people expect right there. The old, oh, he's hurt. Oh, he lost his truck. He lost his dog, blah, blah, blah. Not exactly the right song, but he, uh, you know, kind of just that thing. He lost his girl. He lost this. He lost that. So that's that, that. That's kind of that country song. But again, it's not the same country you hear today. It's just not. I, I think country music, this is the country that I like. When I say I enjoy country music, I don't like the new country. I don't like pretty much any of it. Um, Smark even said in the chat here that um, country music kind of died in the 90s. I'm not sure that I disagree with that. To be 100% honest with you, it did seem like country music in the mid to late 90s changed and it did start to die it wasn't country anymore it was more poppy it was more i mean you could hear kid rock on country stations back then that's not what people what what country fans want to hear it's not what they wanted to hear back then um i mean this uh, jesus christ want to let's get with a little more fucking mickey gilly and play uh, Look What You've Done to Me. This is the kind of country people wanted to hear, even though it's a slower song. Let's do it. Another prominent song in the movie. Enough of that. By the way, that's not McGill. That, that, that's uh, that's Boz Skaggs. <laughs> that's right, old Boz Skaggs. That is who is singing that song right there. Um, and we're almost to the soundtrack. I got to be honest with you. There's one song in this movie they're singing that is not on the soundtrack that I believe should be. It's Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys. Uh, I'll... It, it'll be in the in the review as I go through it. There's a lot more to get to in this movie. Um, but that's one of the songs that I believe should be on there and is not. Again, they're literally singing it in the movie, but it's not on there. But uh, Waylon Jennings, 
sings that song with Willie Nelson. There's actually a few variations of that song if you go on YouTube and look for it. This probably is one of the best ones. Um, Will and Jennings is who sings the Dukes of Hazard song, if you're wondering who he is, if you know who that what that is. And uh, here we go. Little mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Oh, there we go. Cowboys ain't easy to love and they're harder to hold. They'd rather give you a song than diamonds or gold. Long star belt buckles and old faded Levi's and each night begins a new day. If you don't understand him, he don't die young. He'll probably just ride away. Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys Don't let them pick guitars or drive them old trucks Let them be doctors and lawyers and such Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys There you go. Probably one of the best songs on this soundtrack. Um... My dad used to sing this song to me at night. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, he did. He used to sing this one to me at night, which, I mean, there's a lot of reasons that this movie resonates with me. This might be it. Again, I, I, I was doing horse riding back then, and, you know, I we used to share the arena. You know, wherever we went, we, I mean, we would travel all summer through Atlanta. You know, we'd go through Georgia, We'd go through Tennessee. We'd go through Florida. I lived in North Carolina at the time. We'd go through Florida. We'd go through South Carolina. We would, and we would just go through all these places and traveling. And you know, my dad had all kinds of music. We, you didn't have what you had now. We didn't have the cell phones and the, you know, the the, the digital music. You listen to what you had, and I had the. Urban Cowboy 8-track to listen to in, in Dad's car back then. So I did what I needed to do. Um, Going to go ahead a little more. Once again, the song was that that was at my wedding. Johnny Lee. Ah, I don't need to get into anything else with him. This song, though, was at my wedding. And uh, here we go. That's actually the Eagles, not the uh, song I was looking for. Odd, because it says it's the song I was looking for. Let me uh, give me one second here. Let me check that out and see why that song didn't come up. Otherwise, I know exactly what I can do. Give me one second here, and I'll get that song pulled up real fast. Uh, give me one sec here. There we go. Got it right here. So we're going to get that song pulled up as we speak here and get that bad boy rolling. All right, here we go. This is the song that I meant to play. I'm not sure where, why, where, why, or anything. But uh, here we go. Oh, we got an ad. 
Let's turn the ad down real quick because I did pull it off of YouTube. Here we go. Once again, song that was at my wedding. Uh, th- this movie's always had, once again, a little place in my heart. Um, love this movie. I think I was about, let's see, I was born in 75. I would have been five when this movie came out. I think I was nine or ten when uh, I was finally able to understand, watch, and see this movie. And again, it's just, the music back then, my dad was always, I mean, that's why Elvis is kind of just something with me. My dad loves Elvis. Still listens to Elvis to 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 this day, and uh, just kind of just kind of something there. Um, and again, that's why I mentioned the Eagles a lot. The Eagles were more country than than the rock and roll that we think they were. Oh yeah, they were big rock band. Nah, not really. They were a little bit of a easy listening. They were a rock band. They were a country band. They were just that kind of band that could just kind of go all over the place and had a little bit of everything. So a little bit more of the Eagles here, a little bit of Lion Eyes. That's also on the soundtrack. Here we go. You know, you listen to it, you do hear a little bit of the twang that you do in country, um, country music a little bit, which, again, that twang now may be, oh, as soon as you hear the twang, it's country, but it wasn't back then. It just wasn't back in the early 80s. It, 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 
It was more than that. And this movie, again, was more than just uh, just playing country music. It was playing that kind of country rock, which Eagles turned out to be. Um, then you got the hardcore country guys. You got a little bit of, a little bit of Orange Blossom special, which is uh, where the dance contest in the movie happens, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But uh, I'll play a little bit of this one right here, and I got one more song after this, and then we're going to actually start digging into the movie. Here we go. A little bit of Charlie Daniels musical, uh, a little bit of Orange Blossom special there. I'm going to finish up this soundtrack. There's more. There's actually 18 songs in the soundtrack, but I didn't do them all. I'm going to finish up with one song, which is a cover, uh, a little bit of Stand By Me, which uh, is by Mickey Gilly, who, once again, the bar in the movie was named Gilly's after Mickey Gilly. He owned the bar. It was in uh, Houston, Texas. And here we go. Mickey Gilly. Come on. There. When the night has come and the land is done. And the moon is the only light we'll see. No, I won't be afraid. No, I won't be afraid. Just as long as you stand. There you go. Again, when people think of country, they think of what they hear now. They think of the, oh, I lost my car, I lost my girl, I lost my truck. This is what country was back then. And I really feel, and, and again, this soundtrack was huge for this movie. It really did multi-millions of copies of this soundtrack got sold. Um, but Mickey Gilly was kind of a main part in this movie they they used his bar he was actually in the movie singing a lot of the times um gillies was definitely the main nightclub location in this movie uh it was right down in it wasn't actually in houston actually it was in pasadena which is uh near near houston um it was originally known as a place called shelley's and then mickey gilly bought it and uh or took took ownership with the founder of it, and it became Gillies, 
I guess he figured he could make more money naming it Gillies and holy did holy shit did he uh this place was open until 1990 where it had a fire uh the bar closed down after a, a dispute between Mickey Gilly and the founder of the bar they had a little and in 2006 it was actually reopened as Gillies and it was huge I never went down there um but I, I heard it was pretty cool. Uh, now, it, there is still a Gillies. It's not where it used to be, but they still have one. Um, where the original Gillies bar stood is now a used car lot. And that was as of 2021, as of this year. And literally, to prepare for this role, John Travolta would go to bars like this just to see what the atmosphere was like. And I'll tell you, man, there's still bars like this around here that are country bars. There's bars around here with, uh, literally with, you know, mechanical bulls. There's actually a bar here called PBR, which is a pretty goddamn crazy bar if you follow it on Facebook. Um, But to dig into the movie a little bit and get out of the soundtrack, kind of, kind of, transition out of the soundtrack a little bit. Now, John Travolta was supposed to do a couple of movies and he was offered a few movies before this one. Again, John Travolta, the main, 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 main character of this movie back in 1980. He was also offered to do Xanadu, which the main star of that movie was, that's right, Olivia Newton-John, who he would have done a second movie with, which was, which obviously he did Grease with her at one point, but he turned that down to do this movie here. And man, I I think this was a great, a great move for him because obviously uh, this movie made him hard to say it made him, but he got a lot of work after this movie, especially with this director. He really did a lot of movie with not only Travolta, but uh, the girl who played Sissy in this movie, who was Deborah Winger, he went on to do many more films with both of these characters. So, um, and really when when the two leads in this movie got together, it was Travolta and it was Deborah Winger. Deborah Winger had just done a movie called Thank God It's Friday, two years before this. And Travolta, three years before this, was just coming off of Saturday Night Fever, which... Again, Travolta again changed the culture, started a disco culture in the world. It, in this, not only in this country, but all over the fucking earth, the world. And I mean, it, it, people still kind of, you know, I'm not going to say make fun of that scene. But people still kind of act out that scene to today. If you go to a 70s party, someone's dressed like Travolta. I mean, it's just the way it is. Um, but anyway, the, the, there were a few parts in this movie, uh, a few people that were offered the part of um, Bud in this movie, who John Travolta plays. Gary Busey was offered the part. And if you watch this movie and go through it as we're going through it, you're going to be like, Gary Busey would have killed this movie. The script was actually originally written, uh, written, written 
for Dennis Quaid, believe it or not. Um, somehow, some way, it went up to going to this part ended up going to Travolta, which I think is a good thing. Gary Busey was just coming off his Oscar nomination for Buddy Holly's story, though, so they thought maybe he'd be a good, uh, a, a good, um, you know, just a, a good fit for this role, but I can't see this movie with Gary Busey in it. Dennis Quaid, I think, would have been too much of a, you know, I don't want to say pretty boy, but just not the right role. Uh, Travolta made this movie. And he dances, of course, in this movie. Country music back then had a dance called the two-step. And he did train a lot for this movie in dancing and also in riding the bull. I'll give you a little bit of uh, things on riding the bull. Now, Patrick Swayze's mother, Pat Patsy Swayze, was who actually not only choreographed the movie, but worked with John Travolta to do these dance scenes. So kind of a Swayze tie in there. His mother was the one Patsy Swayze was actually the one who uh, did all these dance scenes, taught all these dance scenes, and taught John Travolta how to do these dance scenes. Kind of funny, you think about how, uh, you know, you think about back to uh, Dirty Dancing and movies like that with Patrick Swayze, and my God, the guy could dance. I wonder why. Well, his mother was a (laughs) a choreographer and taught dance. There you go. That kind of makes a little bit of sense when you think about it. Um, going to go through a few more of these, and then we'll actually, like I said, dig into the movie. Deborah Winger, who once again plays Sissy in this movie, uh, the, the secondary main character, I would say. This was her first starring role. Um, and according to her book, she only got the part after Sissy Spacek was tried out and had a falling out with John Travolta. Uh, Rene Russo was also tried out for this, did not did not fit the role. PJ Souls tried out, did not fit the role. Michelle Pfeiffer was also not only considered, but mentioned a couple of times as being considered. This director had like a hard-on for Michelle Pfeiffer and really wanted her in the movie, but saw Deborah Winger, saw her audition, and decided to put her in the movie. And man, I think that was a great decision because her, just the way her character looks, acts, and the way that Deborah Winger played this character was really, really one of the, one of the like hooks of this movie. She was just the the you know the the country girl we all would kind of fall for. She was just awesome. So, um, but uh, back to, I was saying John Travolta turned down Xanadu. He also turned down American Gigolo to do this movie, by the way, just to uh, bring that up. So two movies he turned down to do, do this movie, which turned out to be an incredible success for him. Uh, let's go on a little bit here. Uh, and then we'll jump into the movie in about, I would say, two more little things. 
the extras in this movie, again, the Gillies Bar held up to 7,000 people. There were a ton of extras. About 30 bucks a day is what everybody that was, uh, all the extras got. Just a little thing to throw out there. You're going to see Stetson Hats, Budweiser Beer, Coors, Lone Star Beer was a huge promotional tie-in in this movie. Uh, it's even mentioned in that Jimmy, Buff- Jimmy Buffett song we hear. Um, actually, I'm sorry, the Charlie Daniels song we hear, you know, out in Texas, we go out here with our Lone Star beer, but, um, there we go. I think I could probably get into the movie and then kind of go through a lot of these as we go through the movie. I didn't mean for this to be a long show, but I, I've wanted to do this movie for a very long time. When I saw that it was on Hulu. I actually wanted to do it more because I knew more of you could watch it if you heard this review of it. Uh, So if you've never seen this movie and you're listening to this review and you've got Hulu, go check it out right now. Incredible movie. Really is. Uh, You see Urban Cowboy, you think, oh my God, what could this be? It actually ends up being a love story. It really does where... um, it's a mechanical bull riding love story. How does that sound? Um, now, speaking of the mechanical bull, one more thing I do want to bring up is uh, John Travolta decided he wanted to really ride the mechanical bull in this movie. So what he did is <laughs> he actually got a mechanical bull in his house. In his house and decided that he was going to learn to ride that bull better than anybody. So, and he did. He really, really goddamn did. So much so that they let the stunt guy that was doing it go. They let the stunt man go that was helping him because he got so good at riding the bull, he decided to, uh, they decided to dismiss the stunt double. Um, Literally, he had a mechanical bull installed in his house two months before production began. And that was it. All those scenes you see in that movie are actually Travolta doing it. Uh, The name of the mechanical bull in the movie was El Toro. It was a $5 ride. So... There you go, right there. Um, and, and and again, it, it this this movie brought country bars to everywhere, everywhere. The most northern city slicker cities had country bars with mechanical bulls, just because of this movie right here. Um, now, one more thing before I get to the movie, uh, Barry Corbin who was the uh, director of this movie, he released another movie the same year in 1980, which also had a mechanical bull. And it was Stir Crazy with Richard Pryor and uh, Gene Wilder. So that's another little tip that I'm going to go ahead and give you there. On that note, we are going to go ahead, dig into the movie. I know I'm already an hour and about 15 minutes, a little less, probably about an hour and 10 minutes into the movie. Um, 
But again, I wanted to get all that out just to kind of lay the ground of the way this movie and John Travolta himself. I know I've said change the culture a lot, a lot of times in the show, but it honest to God did. He made people want to be cowboys. And I mean, I lived in, let's see, I was six. This movie came out in 1980. I would have still been in Boston. I remember people in Boston dressing like cowboys. I remember being, you know, eight, nine years old in North Carolina, a little more of a Southern state, but I lived in Raleigh, which was like the big city of North Carolina. And it wasn't exactly the most country place, but you had country people. And again, I also was doing, you know, when I was eight years old, my sister started riding the horses and we were hanging out with these people that were doing these things. And I mean, we traveled, we traveled in a motorhome. We stayed in hotels here and there, but mostly we would stay in the motorhome. And one of the movies on, you know, beta we had was <laughs> beta was urban cowboy. And we would watch it all the time. And, it, it, you know, the, again, there was a reason I wanted to do this movie. It really resonates not only in, in you know, when I grew up or that time, but it's kind of a movie in my heart. It just kind of stays here. Whenever I see it, I love it. I watch it. It's, it's just a great movie between the soundtrack that I listened to when I was a kid, between the movie I watched when I was a kid. It all just kind of... Hits me in the feels, if you will. Um, you know what, though? Before I get into the movie, which, to be honest, I'm I'm not going to spend as much time as you think I am on it. I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break. I'm going to pee. I'm going to grab... A, I finished my water as we were talking. I'm going to fill my water. Give me about three to four minutes. I will be right back here. And uh, at that time, I will jump directly into the movie. No bullshit. I'm going to jump right into the movie and uh, we'll get that finished up and we'll wrap this bad boy up. In the meantime, why don't we listen to a little bit of, well, let's just put on a little bit of Jimmy Buffett to make Smark feel wonderful. All right, folks. Appreciate it. Be back in a second. Thank you. All right. Okay. Thank you. Did what I need to do. Went ahead, peed, filled the water, got back here. Now, as I was walking out, my phone vibrated. Uh, it's my nephew who said, hey, Uncle Dave, Gillies is in Fort Worth. I was there three weeks ago. Okay. So my nephew... <laughs> says there is still a Gillies. It's in Fort Worth. And he was there three weeks ago. Um, my nephew is 19 years old, should not be at bars, and should not be drinking. But that's neither here nor there. Um, my nephew's a pretty clever little, uh, little pr pretty clever kid. And uh, I appreciate that. Anyway, let me go ahead and turn this down. So there is still a Gillies in Texas, uh, which is obviously where I live. My nephew was down there three weeks ago. And uh, so there you go. There you go. There is still a Gillies. But I am not going to waste time. I am going to jump directly 
into this movie. I'm going to get a, li- a little bit into some of some of the actors in this movie um, before we get into the movie. Uh, we got John Travolta, who, I mean, do I really need to get into into Travolta. We've done a Travolta movie. We did uh, Primary Colors a long time ago, which, by the way, is also on 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 Hulu. If you want to hear John Travolta be Clinton but not be Clinton, there you go. Uh, Deborah Winger is sissy in this movie. Um, you have Scott Glenn, who, if you, if you're not sure, and again, I know Smart was like, oh yeah, Scott Glenn. Uh, Scott Glenn is actually an actor you've seen in many, many, many movies. The Hunter Red October, Silence of the Lambs, Backdraft, Sucker Punch. In Silence of the Lambs, he was the, 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 the cop. He plays an FBI agent. He's been a cop in a lot of movies. Um, I'll tell you the truth. This guy has 98 credits to, you know, under his belt. If you haven't seen a movie this guy is in, I don't know where you've been. Uh, he's been in shows since 1965, going back to the Patty Duke show. Uh, he's been in a ton of movies from um, Apocalypse. Now he was in, again, obviously Urban Cowboy. Um, let's see, Man on Fire, 1987, uh, 19, uh, yeah, 1987, sorry about that. Um, let's see, he keeps going, Sounds of the Lambs, he was in, like I said, he was Jake Crawford, he was the, the that guy, he was Backdraft, he was one of the uh, firemen in that movie. Just a great character in so many movies. I believe he was also in Training Day. Roger, the the first guy they kill in Training Day, Scott Glenn, right there. That's probably how a lot of you may know him. Um, I know my uh, my audience is a little younger. I'm 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 happy for that. Uh, but that might be where you know him from. Is uh, the guy the first guy they kill? In uh, in Training Day, that's him right there. He's been in the TV series Daredevil, the Leftovers TV series. Since 2015, he's done a lot of TV. Um, and he actually did Castle Rock in 2018. He was in eight episodes. So he was a voice, but you do still know who he is if you really dig into his, uh, his repertoire. He's a... Uh, He's a hell of a guy and a hell of a character. I've liked him in pretty much every movie he's been in. But uh, he's in that movie. Um, I'll be honest with you. Besides the country singers, there is not a lot of famous talent coming out of this movie. Uh, Again, you got Mickey Gilly, Johnny Lee, Bonnie Raitt as herself going through the movie. But to be honest, as you go through the movie, that's really the main characters. Everyone else is extras in the movie. So that's all the characters I really need to get into. Uh, Deborah Winger, though, not... Most people don't really know who she is, but she's done some very, very good movies. Officer and a Gentleman was another good movie she was in, which, by the way, also on Hulu, if you want to check that out. Terms of Endearment, she has 49 credits on there. She's, I mean, up to now, 2021, a TV series called Mrs. Corman. 
before again this year she had six episodes on ultra city smiths so she's been there she is still acting still going and has made a great career for herself since she did take a little break between it looks like looks like 2000s she kind of took a little break in the early 2000s did a little bit here and there just kind of a tv movie tv movie but it looks like her career kind of took another little resurgence in 2010 with some television things and uh, she kind of pumped it up from there so there we go i really feel that i don't need to get into in, into travolta I feel he speaks for himself. This guy's been around forever. If you don't know who John Travolta is and what he's been in by now, what are you doing here? (laughs) I mean, what are you doing listening to this show? So I want to get right into the movie. I want to start getting into it now. I know I'm already deep into my show, but let's go ahead, jump into the movie. And uh, I'm going to start off, again, this is about a guy... Bud, who is leaving his his home, going to from his home in Spur, Spur, Texas. I'm from Spur. You'll hear that line. And going out into the city because Spur is a very, very small town, very country town. And he's going into the city, which is kind of where the urban cowboy come the thing comes from. It's kind of the. Urban cowboy would be the same term as weekend warriors for bikers, guys who go to work every day in the city, and then on the weekends they they become cowboys. It's kind of the same, the, the same interpretation. So we start off with that. He's leaving Spur. He's going to uh, out in this area, the Houston area, a little more country, and here we go. Let's go ahead and rock this. Let me hit play, and let's do this. Bud, your breakfast's getting cold. I don't want no breakfast, Mama. I gotta get going. Oh, all right. Morning. Morning, Bud. Morning, Morning man. Sit down and eat your breakfast now. No, I'll just have a little coffee here. I, I made gravy. I made biscuits. Well, it looks real good, but I really want to get going. Alright. Y'all wanna miss me? Now here's some chicken for you to eat on the road. And here's some filled peas for Yank Kareem. Well, chicken. You need chicken on the road. I mean, really? Good luck, son. You take care of your okay. I mean, let's face it. If you're going on the road, you need chicken. You gotta have some chicken. Mama gives him chicken. Ain't that a good mama to give you some chicken for the ride from Spur out to Pasadena? That is a hell of a mama right there. Let's play a little more and, and then we'll move on. I will. And, and don't ride too fast. Well, now call me the minute you get there. Yeah? I will, I will. Come on, boy. We start out with the bud leaving, and Smark brings up a very good point. There's never 
a bad time for chicken. I totally agree with that. Um, and once again, we start with a little bit of, he's leaving his house, obviously saying bye to his mama and everybody, and he's heading off to Pasadena. And that's where we kind of, kind of kick off the movie a little bit. He's heading out. We get a little Charlie Daniels as he's driving through the city. He actually goes right through Dallas. Um, I, I know where he's driving through because I've seen all this before and driven through it. But he's in downtown Dallas at one point in here because Pasadena, if you're going from where he lives to Pasadena, you do have to go through the Dallas area. And, uh, you know, he's, he's dipping, he's spitting in a beer bottle, 1980 different times. You could, you could spit in a beer bottle. Nobody would give a shit in Texas. Texas was one of the last states to, <laughs> to, to outlaw open container. Let's put it that way. If not the last state. Kind of wish it wasn't. Not that I'm an alcoholic, but I could use a shot right now. So he's moving out to Pasadena. More more opportunity. Whatever The reason most of us would move for. More money, more opportunity, a job. So there you, there you go. He's lucky he's... Having a good time heading out that way. He finally gets there. Excuse me. Trying not to hiccup here. He finally gets out there. And man, is the family happy to see him, of course. And uh, I guess we'll, uh, the, the first place they decide to take Bud is Gillies. It's the first place they decide to take him. And again, I've gotten into Gillies. I'm not, I'm not going to do it again, but... Uh, this is what happens when he walks into Gillies. Oh, unmute and play. The Mickey Gilly himself, he owns this place in Sherwood Drive. The more I get burned, I'm lying. Hey, Steve? Yeah, I want you to say something about it. How you doing? This is my nephew, Bud Spur. Yeah, Steve, Steve Strange. Steve, I used to run the rodeo circuit together. He works for Gillies now. Yeah. All right, so there you go. We also meet Steve here. Uh, oh, give me a second here. Steve is uh, is kind of, a, believe it or not, a pivotal character in this goddamn movie. Um Steve is a guy right now in this movie who he he's kind of the hookup guy. You know, the the, the go-to guy, if you will. Um James Gammon plays Steve in this movie who I mean you've seen in you may not know, but you've seen him in uh Major League. He was Lou, the 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 coach in Major League. So if you've ever seen Major League, you've seen this guy. Uh, Major League's probably the most known movie he's done. He's done. I mean, he did a few episodes of Nash. He was in 96 episodes of Nash Bridges and, you know, um, Point Blank. He was in uh, The Traveler, Truman, Natural Born Killers. He was uncredited, but he was the rednecks buddy in the diner in 1990, you know, back in 1994. He was in Wired Earp. Uh, again, Major League 2 and 3. He was in, uh, I'm sorry, two and one and two. 
He was in Major League One and Two. I don't know why I said three. Three was Scott Bakula. Um, but he was the coach from that movie. So you've seen James Gammon before, but a very, very important character coming out of this movie. Uh, and uh, we're going to go ahead and roll on a little bit in this movie. But again, he's kind of just sitting there, you know. One of the best lines in this movie is coming up, though, where uh, the uh, Steve brings him a few girls to uh, to talk to, and here we go. Hi, Buzz. Nice to meet you. Hey, uh, Steve, this is Buzz first night in town. Take care of it, would you? I want to say... Hey, girls, come on over here a minute, would you? I got somebody I want you to meet. Say hi here to Bob, Maureen, and Bud. Come on, darling, let's say. Where have you been? We haven't seen you around here. I'm from Spire. I'm from Spire. There you go. Little Bud, I'm from Spire. There you go. So, Bud's from Spire. And these two girls, though, uh, this was their film debut. They were called in the movie Sexy Sisters, which let me get to the next scene and the fact they were sisters we'll, we'll, we'll get into in a minute. Uh, Jerry Hall and Cindy Hall, they were actually sisters. And in the next scene, Bud is actually, uh, he slept with both of them. Bud got him some uh, some incest action that night, a little sister action that night. So good for Bud, I guess, getting a couple of sisters in bed. But uh, he, uh, this was the first movie they ever did. Um, actually, um, Jerry Hall went on to marry none other than Mick Jagger. Believe it or not, she actually married Mick Jagger at one point and was, you know, uh, let's see. Um, her early associations in country, were in country music, obviously, but she uh, she married Mick Jagger. Ten years after this film, she got married to him. And really, the next role she had was the girlfriend in 1989 to Batman. If you remember, or the Joker in Batman, if you remember the girl, the first girl that he made up with the Joker makeup was the same girl from this movie who was the sexy sisters that slept with Bud, uh, John Travolta, in this movie. So just a little, a little, you know, did you know trivia fact about this movie? But uh, definitely... Definitely kind of a cool one, but it definitely was their first movie they ever were in. And um, I'm going to go ahead and just kind of play a little bit. Like I said, he did sleep with those sisters and good for him. But what happens is after that, his mom calls looking for her boy. And man, if you ever had a good aunt, this is one right here. What does she give as an excuse? Church. Because he ain't home. Mm-hmm. Must still be at church. Uh-huh. Uh, hold on just a minute. Is that you, bud? Uh-oh, get out the alka 
<laughs> he comes in hungover. Then your mom is on the phone. I know the feeling. I told her you went to church. Hi, Mama. No, I don't have no job yet. I just got here yesterday. <laughs> I, I'm going to plant tomorrow with Uncle Bob. Yeah. I'm fine, I'll tell you. All right, let's be honest. Well, Davis, huh? Let's be honest. How, how many got a mama like that? You got a job yet? I got here yesterday. 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 Mom, so... He does go to the plant, and I, I, I got to be honest. I don't know what kind of plant this is. I really don't. Um, but they do a lot of different stuff. Now, he lies to get on there. He said uh, it, it's a it's a pipeline plant from what I gather from the movie. Um, and he says there was a pipeline in Spur. There obviously wasn't. But uh, he does lie a little bit to get the job. And, you know, it, back in the 80s, there was no way to check. There was no way to check credentials. So if you lied to get a job, you lied to get a job and it didn't matter. It just didn't, didn't, didn't phase anyone. So um, let's get a little more into the movie, though. He gets the job. One of the now he has a beard in the beginning of this movie. And <laughs> here's a funny thing. He shaves his beard. And everyone back in the 80s was like, I wonder, oh, why did he do that? Why did he do that? So here's the reason why John Travolta decided to shave his uh, beard in the movie. It wasn't actually something in the movie. It was something he decided to do. It, again, we see him with a beard for the first, well, it's a, probably the first 10 minutes of the movie. And then suddenly he shaves it. Now, according to the director, James Bridges, uh, Travolta wanted to keep it, but he had a lunch date with an actor and not one person walked up to him and wanted his autograph. They didn't recognize him with the beard. So he decided to shave it off mid-movie and they decided to kind of put it in the movie as he needed to shave it off to wear the uh, mask, which I mean, kind of, wow, I didn't realize how this movie, movie kind of relates to COVID, but they bring up any kind of uh, mask and that he needs to shave his beard. So he does. And the first scene where we see him without his beard is pretty much the out the, the movie cover if you buy this movie is going to be the first scene of him standing there with a lone star beer at the bar with no beard and that's the first time we kind of see travolta in the holy shit it's the real travolta that every girl is leaving snail trails for this is it all right so we go from here. He's at the bar and um, no beard. Here we go. Let's roll it. Fine. Roll it How you doing? Fine. 
All right. So Steve can't do nothing for him yet, but he is with those two sisters. Um, now, sis, uh, Sissy, who again is played by Deborah Winger, saw him the, the the night before. Saw him go with the girls, and hadn't even talked to him yet, and just kind of shook her head a little bit, kind of like she was interested in him. And this is where once again we meet Sissy, Deborah Winger, and here we go. Now, are you a real cowboy? I want y'all to quickly pay attention to what she just said. Are you a real cowboy? That is actually a question that gets brought up more than once in this movie. Are you a real cowboy? So I'm going to rewind this scene a little bit. And once again, she says, are you a real cowboy? Here we go. How you doing? Fine. Anything I can do for you? Not yet. <laughs> well, it depends on what you think a real cowboy is. I saw you here the other night. You had a beard, right? That's right. Probably looked good. You should have shaved it. Who asked you? Nobody. Slick back his hair and open up his cage. Gotta do two steps. Yeah. Want to prove it? All right. Oh, there you go. She asked him to dance, and that is once again Johnny Lee in the background there playing a little Cherokee fiddle. But uh, she asked him to dance. And they go out there and they dance. Once again, two-step was a is still a very popular dance. As a matter of fact, if you watch people do country dancing and they kind of go in those circles, that's why they're going in circles. They're two-stepping. So they're literally moving as they're dancing. And they just kind of go in circles and circles and circles. So if you ever went to a country bar and seen them go in circles and gone, what the fuck are they doing? It's called the goddamn two-step. But so there you go. A little explanation for you um, on country bars. If you've been to one, if you haven't, I apologize. Um, but uh, him and Sissy basically dance the whole night after they start dancing. And I mean the whole night till the bar closes. They're sitting there after the bar closes. They're talking and they get along. We go a few, a, a little bit more into the movie. We travel about uh, about ten minutes more into the movie, and they're, they're 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 together, and they're with some friends in the bar, Marshall, and uh, one of Sissy's friends. And this is a little diner they go to right after Gilly's closes, and you know they're sitting there and. Uh, before that, they walk into a little spot where the they have a uh, a punching machine. I don't know if you guys ever if you guys remember those punching machines. You would see it like the well. Let's just move on. Oh, you know what? Before I get into that, let me just do this right here. No, I'm going to go to the punching machine. Uh, they <laughs> again they put in the punching machine 
a little bit into the movie. And, of course, Sissy wants to punch it. Now, it's one of those old school punching machines, the one where you punch it and makes noises. Um, She wants to punch it. And this is where they, again, they're together, but they start kind of, kind of falling out a little bit here because of what happened at the punching machine. And here we go. Just behave yourself. <laughs> oh. Sissy does punch it and damn near breaks her hand. Here we go. Oh, that stings. You gotta learn something. Eagles in the background. A girl can't do. Name one. I can name several. Fisting on the side of a wall. Getting laid while your pants are still on. Why would you want to? <laughs> do you do that? Is it broke? Shit, no. She couldn't move her fingers if it was broke. Look at it, may... it ain't broke. I broke my hand once in a beer joint fight in Oklahoma City. You really know when something's broke. I mean, you do. You can't move nothing. Your fingers get all swelled up and everything. Shit. All right. I'm going to say it. Travolta was the baddest coolest, smoothest motherfucker back in these days. Listen to the way he delivers these lines. Bob, you really know when something broke, swells up, can't feel nothing. Shit. Just, I mean, Travolta's trying to be a country. I got to tell you, I buy Travolta every moment in this movie as a country boy. Just someone who grew up in the fucking country. I, uh, amazing acting by Travolta back then. Uh, and, and, and yeah, I mean, if, if he did a movie today, he'd still be a great actor. He is a great actor. I don't care. Fuck all the rumors. I don't give a shit about all the fucking rumors. I don't care if the guy's sucking fucking masseuse's dicks while he's uh, getting massaged. I don't give a fuck. He's a great actor. He is a great Actor. I don't give a shit what he's doing. I don't care what he is. None of that matters to me. The guy's a great fucking actor. Has been for a very, very long time. So, here we go. Once again, they're together. They're kind of going. And um, they kind of start playing with each other a little bit during this scene afterwards. And he starts tickling her a little bit. Like, oh, you know something's broken. And here we go. Shit, you pinched me hard. All right, she pinches him. He slaps her, and here we go. Care, you're not supposed to hit girls. Sissy. Hey, sissy. I'm not talking to you. Where, where are you going? Oh. Well, how do you think you're going to get there? I got a thumb. I got a middle finger. All right. In my opinion, one of the greatest lines of this movie by, uh, by Deborah Winger. I got a thumb. I got a middle fanger. <laughs> I love it. I love that line. Matter of fact, when I was a kid, my mom would actually just, I, I would repeat the, the, the Travolta line to her and she would repeat that. It was just, it was just kind of something we would do when I was a little kid. I loved this movie as a kid. I love this movie now. When I see it, when I saw it on you, on, on you, Hulu, I, I, Again, this movie's never gonna, never gonna just leave a place in my heart. It's always gonna be there forever and ever. 
So play a little more of the scene. Here we go. Oh, come on, sissy. Look, bud, you hit me. I didn't hit you that hard. You don't know what hard is. Just leave me alone. Fine, forget it. Fine, forget it. It's fine with me. The fine forget it is another thing me and my, my mom would do. <laughs> so there we go. See if I care. Uh, oh, yeah. shit. She's still pissed off. Bud's backing out. So he does leave right there. And after that, what does he say? I think we should get married. Someone almost hits him, first of all, because they're fighting in a a puddle of water uh, from rain. And suddenly they decide they're going to get married. And they do. We go through the wedding, which they do have the wedding at Gillies. And it's, <laughs> I hate to say, but it, it, it kind of resembled my wedding a little bit. <laughs> my wedding wasn't at Gillies. It was at uh, a little a hotel in Emory, Texas, which was uh, very South Texas. Um, but there we go. So they do, and they get married at Gillies, at the bar, and everyone's happy for them. And what, I mean, as a wedding present, what else could you expect but a 50-foot double-wide trailer home? And my God, is Sissy excited. Here we go. One bedroom, every market piece. Who wants more? You can move it if you want. Where's the keys? Don't get You can move it if you want. Oh my God. To have a trailer home in 1980, a 50-foot double wide in 1980. Man, you were a fucking ri- You were damn near a millionaire. You were damn near a millionaire. In 1980, if you had something like that. So <laughs> there you go right there. They do get married. Now, the the other side to this movie. Now, I said it was a love story, but there's also an affair in the middle of the love story of this movie. And this is where I'm not this isn't where the affair starts, but it's where they tease where the affair is going to start. They get married. They 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 get their beautiful beautiful home which i gotta tell you if you head towards my house you will see a lot of trailer homes just like this um and they go to a prison rodeo and one of the guys riding is a guy named wes hightower who once again is played by scott glenn in this movie um and i'm just gonna play a little bit of the scene and here we go. Oh, yeah, there we go. What the fuck? Here we go. Play. See those guys? Mm-hmm. Okay, look at those guys. Those guys what? Yeah. Okay. Just 
to let you know they have on matching paisley shirts and go yeah, they're prisoners too damn those, those outlaws make good cowboys because well, they don't give a shit if they get hurt all they do is lay up for a while man they'd rather do that than anything Wanna go back to the motel right now? No, I wanna watch the bulls. I hear it come. They start watching the bulls. I see this guy out there who's, you know, he's tying up his rope. He's ready to get on the bull. He gets on the bull. Uh, he says his name is Wes Hightower. Let's see how this guy is. He gets on the bull. The bull starts freaking out in the bullpen, which, you know, the name for not only the actual pen of the bull, but in baseball, you call it the bullpen when you're down there. Um, but uh, the guy gets kind of hung up. They pull him out. He gets back on. And I think that's my next scene. Let me delete the other one real quick and go to the next scene. And the, nope, nope, I'm not. So there we go. He, he gets back on. So we see Wes. Now, the next time we see the, uh, the bar as the movie progresses, there is a mechanical bull in the bar. And uh, Bud is intrigued by it more than intrigued he's like really dying to to, to ride it yeah i'm just gonna give you a little piece here yeah, what's going on sherwood's new play toy y'all want a beer well shit yeah give me one star one star beer here we go oh thank you appreciate it I'm going to go a little bit forward in this. There we go. Oh, shit, no. I'm going to hang on to my family, Julie. Uh, Marshall, where are you sporting blood? It's $2 and for eight seconds. What they train rodeo riders on. It's a fucking machine. Well, you ride it, and I'll watch you. Well, hell, I'll ride it. No, you go home. All right, so we did hear it was not 2 but $5 to ride the bull back then. And... Uh, there we go. He's finally going to go ahead and get on the bull again. He saw it over the rodeos. He figures, what the hell? I'll try it myself. And here we go. First, you got to sign a release, bud. And give this young lady here $2. He's going to bust his ass anyway. <laughs> sign up, bud. This is just in case you bust your ass, you're not going to hold Gilly's life. Uh, hey, bud, bud. Hey, come back here, bud. Bud, you ever rode a bull before? No, but I rode some straight horses. Well, let's do this. You right-handed or left-handed? Right -handed. Give him left glove. Here you go, bud. Oh, it's opposite? Yeah. Rode it. Right. We got it right. All right. For any of you wondering why, if he's right-handed, they gave him a left glove. Your right hand is going to be your balance hand. That's going to be the one that's going to go up in the air 
and literally be your balance hand. It's going to keep your balance. You're going to you're you're going to try to move it with the bull and move it as the literally as that guy spins that bull, you're going to want to kick and keep that right hand going the way that bull is going over your head. It's how they score points. And once again, Travolta really did ride this bull. He installed one in his house in order to get hey the truth if i had like if i if i won the lottery i would get a pool and install a mechanical bull in the middle of the pool <laughs> if, if i was just insanely rich and could do what i wanted to i don't know why i would have a little retractable bridge going out there so you could just get in the middle ride it and get off i don't know i would i would just that, that's just something i've always said i would i would want to do so bud does go up there he takes his first ride on the bull. It's not so great. It ain't so great. But uh, he gets back on it once again. And he does a little bit better. A little bit better off after that. Um, and uh, keeps going and keeps riding and keeps riding and keeps riding. And he gets home. And man, are his balls fucking sore. And I got to tell you, I went to a fair once. And I rode one of these bulls. It's hell. The guy running it knows what the fuck he's doing, number one. And it is not fucking fun. Now, I was the same way. I'd ridden, I, I'd, I'd ridden some very, very rank horses. Bucking Broncos, matter of fact. And I decided to jump on this little bull. I've ridden two bulls in my life. Real bulls. But this one here. When I jumped on that mechanical bull, man, it's completely different because you can't see the head. You don't know where it's turning. You have no fucking clue where it's going. So you're just, you're at the mercy of the guy running the bull. So if the guy decides to go one way, you're, you you can't look down at the head. You really got to feel it. And it takes a lot of time. Like I said, I've only ridden a mechanical bull twice uh, or, or a real bull twice, mechanical bull once. Um, but it is, it takes a, you literally, the reason your fucking balls hurt is because you have to use all your leg. It ain't just your balls. It's your balls. It's your thighs. Every muscle from your upper leg will hurt if you get on this thing and really try to ride it. You're not going to be in good shape. Uh, but here's what he says about right after he rides it. And, of course, she wants to ride it, too, especially after punching the machine. Here we go. I'm so proud of you, bud. You look so great up on that bull. You were the best one all night long. Well, I might have been the best one all night long, but I'll tell you something. My balls are killing me. (laughs) Shit. Well, does that mean we won't be able to do it? They hurt. Well, I don't know. I just don't know. Okay. Well, just I mean, my balls never hurt enough to not, you know, do it. But, you know, I'm, I'm just saying. You can always find a way to do it. Uh, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. But there you go. Um, again, I, th- this movie's more about the, it's amazing how they made a love story about a mechanical bull but 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 in the 80s they managed to fucking do it 
They made a love story about a goddamn mechanical bull. Now, Sissy tells him, I want to ride it. And he's like, no, 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 you you already punched the machine. You know, you, you did this, you did that. And ain't a good idea for you to ride it. But, of course, you know, she, she really does want to. So, it, that's another part of the movie right there. Now, Bud goes to work the next day. He's uh, He's up there. And he falls. And he's literally hanging. Now, again, it's kind of a one of the uh, uh, a pipeline company. So he's up on a scaffold trying to, you know, do something. And he falls from the scaffold. And, you know, Sissy finally... Oh, shit. All right. So, sorry about that. Sissy finally, you know, comes home. They go to the bar. And... Bud decides that he doesn't want to ride the bull because he's hurt. And he is hurt from falling on the scaffold at work. Well, he rides it once. Sissy decides she wants to ride it once again. But, of course, she's told no. And I'm just going to kind of go a little bit from there. And here we go. My turn, Steve. Can't, Sissy. Can't right now. Gilly's fixing to do a set. He don't like the bull running when he's going to play. You're a real cowboy, ain't you? All right. Now, I played that scene for a reason. I wanted to get to this. She says one more time, you're a real cowboy, ain't you? Wes comes in right after and not only rides a bull, but he's a badass. He comes in like, I'm going to turn that bull up. And he turns it up. He makes it a little faster. So Wes comes in, again, the guy from the prison rodeo, because that's going to be an important part later. The guy from the prison rodeo comes in that got thrown off Comes back in, now he's out, and he comes in, and he's literally riding the bull. And he sees his wife, we'll ask him the same question he asked him. You were a cowboy, ain't you? So, there you go. You see where this is going yet? There's going to be a little, a little break between the two, if you want to go in friends terms. So, they go from here. And they start dancing a little bit. Here we go. I'll see you in a little bit. Okay. Come on, Wes. Let's get a beer. Get that flirt. One flirt? It's two. There we go. A little Orange Blossom special playing in the background there. Uh, like I like I played before in the beginning of the movie, um, but they kind of go. Not kind of they dance a little bit. They go um, as we're going. Travolta again. He's got to dance. So there's one scene in here where he is just letting it go, country dancing. Just it. It's a great scene. Uh, yeah, I, I I would play it if we were on YouTube, but. I'd get kicked off if I was on YouTube. So let's go ahead from there. Um, he dances. Wes still there, kind of looking at Sissy. Like, hmm, that's something I wouldn't mind uh, getting my dick into. But again, remember, Sissy wants to ride the bull. So they go back to the restaurant that they're used to going to, which we uh, talked about a little while ago. And here we go. We're going to go to the next scene after they're done. Come bull ride. All right, hey, come bull ride. In the afternoon? Yeah. 
That's how I'm gonna ride it. I'm gonna go in the afternoon. I'm jealous of her. I'm jealous, you sore. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Better not tell Bud Marshall to kill you. Well, what's it worth to you? I won't surprise him. Uh-huh. You tell that son of a bitch to put exercise in the morning. Okay. All right? All right. I want it to well now, too. Okay. Now I'm sending it back. Okay. Okay. First of all, nobody in Texas wants their burger extra well. I don't believe this part. This part of the movie is unrealistic. Nobody in Texas wants their burger extra well. No one I know. Medium rare. Medium rare is Texas cooked. That's how you do it. Medium rare. So anyway, he's just kind of a dick to the waitress. Uh, Bud is. And right after this, I'm going to play one more little scene here. And then right after this, we get Wes coming in. Eagles in the background. Okay. Put them in your mouth, okay? And you go to Gillis, you ride that boat. Every time you ride that boat, you take one of them off and spit it out. <laughs> You're drunk. Isn't it cute? Okay? <laughs> and by the end of that time, when you lost all your marbles, that's when you, when you go around. Oh, shit. That's a good one. <laughs> he does sound drunk. That's a pretty shitty joke. Okay. Let's let's be honest. It's a pretty shitty joke. When you lost all your marbles, that's be- when you become a bull rider. All right, anyway, uh, Wes comes in right here. Uh, he tips his hat at Sissy, and that's where it all goes bad. Don't worry about uh, anything. Oh, I'm sorry I didn't get the crier, but I'll get to it first thing in the morning. Let's get that murder. What the hell is that? Huh? What's he tipping his hat at you for? Don't you know we're married? Hey, tattoo! Hey, look at here. See this? That's a wedding ring. That means we're married. See? Fudge. It's mine, okay? Don't be an asshole. Okay? Oh, I love Oh, and he not only tips his hat to him, but gives him the fingertip, the, the middle fingertip to the hat, which back in country days, that meant go fuck yourself as it does right now uh (laughs) i didn't mean it means the same thing it did in the 80s it does now um and he got pissed they go out to fight and um they scott glenn west kicks his ass i mean beats him down just makes a fool of him and it it didn't sit well with him at all. Um, but he goes home. He goes to work the next day. He's pissed off still. Um, he's it, He asks for a beer before he goes to work. And uh, Sissy says, oh, if they smell beer on your breath, they're going to fire you. And he screams at her. So it didn't sit well with him, the beating. And 
she still goes. Remember, we did say she wanted to ride that bull more, and she does go in the afternoon, and Wes is there. Wes is now running the bull and living out back. We do have to mention he's living behind the bar in a in a trailer. So he is there doing that. Now, he's teaching Sissy to ride the bull. He's flirting with her a little bit kind of teasing her a little bit and this part right here is kind of uh proof of that he says to her and here we go let me just rewind a little bit here we go not very long at all oh. he asked her how long she's been married there you go no about a week i guess all right pretend like you're still on your honeymoon and that's how he teaches her how to ride the bull. Pretend you're still on your honeymoon. Now, you know, we got Bud here. He's, he, he got his ass kicked. He's, you know, just not in a good mood already. And he's home. Sissy ain't home yet. But, and again, he was hanging from a, a scaffold a little while before this. And his his aunt comes over, takes care of him a little bit, which, you know, all of our aunts do that. What the hell? That's a good thing. And he realizes when he comes home that there was nothing to eat, nothing to this. His aunt's his aunt's there and she's she's cleaning. She's like, My God, and you guys you guys live like pigs. And that didn't again, being stressed out, that didn't sit well with him either. So here we go. So what did you and Jesse have to do? I thought you didn't like her. Jesse's all right. Just girl talk. Now we know she was riding the bull. God damn it. I like my, my tuna salad when it has pecans and apples, not so much this onion. We don't have no pecans and apples because you ain't been shopping. And Corinne asked me what I wanted to eat, and I said, well, cornbread tastes real good when you heard. She couldn't even find a box of instant. What was you planning to feed me Don't tonight? Don't complain against me, bud. I complain against you. It's just certain things a man wants from his wife. Like to, like to be here when he gets home and, and, to, and to cook a meal once in a while and, and clean up. Make good love to him. Look, I know that's good, okay? But that ain't enough. Well, I just thought we'd go to McDonald's. God damn it, McDonald's again? Shit, I work too. Now you're making it sound... <laughs> McDonald's. <laughs> I'm sorry. McDonald's, but if this if this had the most country country scene you've ever seen, I mean, let's, I just thought we'd go to McDonald's. Oh, McDonald's again! God damn it! Uh, and you know that they, they go through it. She works too, and we'll play a little bit of it. Like I don't have nothing to do all day long. Well, that's what I told her. I said you work, and she said we live like pigs. She said that. Well, there you go. So after that, they decide to go to Gillies, of course, because Gillies is the place they go to feel better, I guess. And uh, they decide right there they're going to go ahead and go to Gillies, and they do. And, yeah, they're going to do it a little bit. Sissy decides she's going to show Bud how good she can ride that bull. And let's play a little bit here. Ball, ball, ball. 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 Are you hear what they're saying? You look up there, 
Bud, you recognize her? Hey, sissy. Hey, sissy! <laughs> Way down from there. Bud, just watch, okay? Right now. She knows what she's doing. All right, now remember, keep your head in the well. Don't think about nothing but the ride. Show me how to do it, girl. Okay. So, Bud sees Wes, you know, basically saying, calm down. She knows what she's doing. Blah, blah, blah. So he's already pissed off. He's fucked up. He's fallen off a scaffold. Didn't have dinner if it wasn't for his aunt. He's just not in a good mood. And this pisses him off even more. And here we go. Sissy's riding the bull. Turn that girl loose. So she rides, and again, Marshall said she rides better than you do, which pissed him off, and they go ride for ride back and forth until Bud finally falls off. Now, Wes is running the bull. He falls off after they keep turning up the bull higher and higher and higher, and Wes breaks his arm by running the bull on way too high, and Wes does end up breaking the arm of uh, of John Travolta here, or uh, Bud, as you might want to call him. And uh, so we see that, and he gets back to the house. Now, he's pissed. He is fucking pissed. And they go back. They fight. He kicks her out, basically. And he's like, you know, just leave. Get the fuck out of the house. He kicks her out. Now, after he kicks her out, he's depressed for a couple hours, and it shows him depressed, and he's looking through this book, and it's the, the, the program they got from the prison rodeo. He sees Wes. He finally realizes who Wes is. He's the prisoner he saw at the rodeo. So he decides what he's going to do is go tell Sissy, and he goes, again, he's Feeling bad, wants her back already. And here we go. Sissy. Just listen to me. Look, that guy's an escaped convict. He is not. He is too. I looked at the prison rodeo program. That guy's a convict. He's out on parole. Wait, you already knew that? You told me today, and I ain't talking to you. Well, hell, that's fine, because I'll find somebody else who, who will talk to well, me. fine. Good luck. Good. Fine. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Gillies, the world's largest nightclub. All right. So he says, I'll find someone that will talk to me. Now, he does. He finds a woman named Madeline Smith Osborne. This was her also her film debut. She'd never done a movie before this right here. And uh, she just she jumped right in here, did this film. She did, hasn't done a lot since. Honestly, she only has 22 credits, the last credit being in 1994. So... She really hasn't done a ton up till now. But, um, you know, you, you can see her in some stuff. If you look her up, it's the best way to do it because she really hasn't been anything that many of us have seen. Um, all right. Wife brought a shot. Let me give her a little glass clink and shot. My son's fallen off the bed twice tonight. <laughs> wow. Okay. So... 
this is where he meets Pam. Now you're like, who's Pam? Pam turns out to be his other bitch. And in this movie, to say it mildly or however you want to say it, she does. She ends up being the woman he decides to make Sissy jealous with. And he even admits that in the movie. At one point, he goes, he finds this girl, he asks her to dance. They're dancing. Uh, Sissy sees him. She gets pissed. She starts dancing with Scott Glenn. They're, he's uh, Scott Glenn, again, he's a scumbag in this movie. Now, here's a funny thing about, about Scott Glenn. In an interview, he said he had a bit of an attitude problem back then and didn't want to audition for roles. Now, the producers really wanted him to audition. They really liked him at the time. Um, now, no one knows exactly how he figured this out, but he arranged to be at Gillies the same night the producers were there. And in character, in costume, which in costume for, you know, him was a, a mesh, you know, you know, the old mesh tank tops. It's basically what he had on jeans, tight jeans. Cowboys wore tight jeans back then. The fucking all these skinny jeans people are way, 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 way out of fucking tune with what was going on back in the early 80s in the cowboy jeans. But he got there right when they were there, dressed for the character, and right in front of the producers, he walked up to the biggest, roughest, toughest guy at the bar and said, you're sitting in my seat and you need to leave now. And the guy got up and walked away. Immediately, he was hired. Hired. They hired him immediately on the spot. No odd. That was his audition. As much as he says he doesn't doesn't like auditioning, he did, and he didn't even fucking know it. Um. So, <laughs> there you go, right there. Um. So, again, he's with Pam at this part, who he meets, who he's using to make his wife jealous. And, I mean, let's face it, once you're dancing with a girl in a country bar, what's the one question you're going to ask but this one right here? So when are you going to take me home and rape me? Hmm? Whenever you get ready. I'm ready right now. Come on. Yep. That's the question you would ask. When are you going to take me home and rape me? I guess consent being her saying whenever you're ready. Uh, <laughs> it's just, just, just an odd line <laughs> to use. But I guess in 1980, that wasn't no big deal. It was, just wasn't a big deal. No one's ever made a, a, a figure or a fuss about it. And, you know, just the way it went. Now, I'm going to play a little more because Sissy sees this happening. She tells her friends leaving, uh, that she's leaving. And here we go. Oh, I forgot to hit unmute. My wife. Hey, what's the problem? 
All right. So they go. He leaves with that with with Pam. He gets into his truck, and she's basically like, "Are are, are you just doing this to make your wife jealous?" And he don't even fuck around. He goes, "Yeah, I am." And she's like, "Cool." <laughs> I mean, she's cool with it. She gets it. So they go, and they go to her house. Now she's a she's a rich girl. So he gets the rich girl in this movie. Um, and, you know, at one point he, in this movie, he, they don't really, like, embellish on it, but he says he's looking for a real lady at one point, um, or he finds him a real lady, which, again, they never really, you know, embellish on that point, but at one point he makes it anyway. Anyway, they're 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 walking in. He's she's in this rich, like you know, almost New Yorkish. Again, if you live you know near the Dallas area, it's very and even in Houston, there's an an area in there that's very affluent, and they're rich people, and they live in you know high rises. Uh, they're all over the place. She lives in one of those kind of high rise buildings, and you know she's very rich. And he's kind of amazed, but he ends up sleeping with her that night, which, you know, it's one of those things that it's, he was on a break. He felt he was on a break, but he wasn't. He was literally trying to make his wife jealous. Now, in the meantime, you get Sissy who again was dancing with Wes and they're back at his trailer behind the bar. And here we go. This stuff's called mezcal corn gusana, which means mezcal with the worm. It's got a worm. That's right. It's a little bitty worm floating around down there. It's sickness. They don't know. Mexicans say you eat the worm. You're going to see visions. Visions of what? I don't know. I ate a whole mess of them. I've never seen a vision yet. I sure feel good. Well, what's that, too? A Vita Luna. Crazy life. <laughs> okay. <sighs> so he tells her the story. He starts fooling around with her a little bit, but whereas Travolta in this movie, Bud, could sleep with the girl that, you know, he was trying to make his wife jealous with, she can't do it and she leaves. Now, the he told the story about the worm in here. At the end of the scene, he chews up and swallows the worm. It was completely unscripted. He was doing it for the for the for the crew. Literally, it was a joke for the crew when he like took the he ate the worm in the bottle of tequila, the mezcal for the crew. So you know, it, it wasn't scripted. It was just something he decided to do. 
but he does. He eats the worm after telling that story. And uh, again, she like leaves his little trailer there and goes back, but Bud's not there. I, it's almost like she thought Bud would be there, but he wasn't. Um, not not at all. But we move on a little bit, and it goes to the scene where, next thing you know, Bud's about to go to work. Well, he can't go to work. His arm is broken, and he, lo- he, he can't work. His boss basically tells him, we can't use you. So who pulls up behind him? But Pam, his little uh, side chick. And here we go. Little, little, little side chick scene. Hi, cowboy. Mm-hmm. It didn't take much to find you. I just called Gillies. One of the girls who works in the office said she'd been here a couple of times. I thought I'd come. Make your wife jealous again. No. My wife is living in a trailer outside Gillies with an ex-convict. And I'm getting a divorce. All right, that's Uncle Bob calling, and uh, he's inviting him to dinner. And remember, he, Uncle Bob don't know much about this, but he knows he's not with Sissy. Uncle Bob's kind of an accepting guy because he comes over with this new woman, Pam, and he thinks nothing of it. He's treating her just like one of the family. So it's just, it's it's a very weird scene. But uh, again, it goes this is where it starts focusing on the bull riding, the mechanical bull riding, because in this scene, he actually starts talking about it, uh, a little bull riding. Now, uncle Bob was a bull rider. And here we go. In the hospital for nearly a year. I fell off in the chute. Bulls taught me pretty good. I got a plastic bone here in my leg, plastic plate up here in my head. Well, you know, it's pretty late. Go ahead, tell her. <laughs> One plastic nut. <laughs> <laughs> he bullshits a lot, but he's telling the truth. <laughs> We're going to go over to Gillies tonight. Be the first time since we took you over there. Y'all come on, go with us. Why? What's happening out there? They are having a Dolly Parton lookalike contest. And again, Dolly Parton, huge back then. Uh, huge in many different ways back anyway uh we'll just skip that right there right there but uh he they go to Gillies and he hears about the contest they're having which is a bull riding contest there's a, a punching contest and there's a uh, dancing contest and obviously he wants to win the bull riding contest um and that's kind of where this movie literally like starts to take hold. I mean, where I know we're already over an hour and a half into it. We got about 45 minutes left and not many clips left. But uh, he sits there at this point and he talks to his uncle Bob. Again, we heard he was a bull rider. 
So he wants to know, can he ride that bull as good as anyone else and, you know, win that contest? And he starts asking Uncle Bob here. Again, we're going to hear Jimmy Buffett in the background. Here we go. You think you can help me ride that bull? Yeah. I mean, good enough that I can enter that rodeo and take ass. Hell yeah. You know, there used to be one of them machines over at Circle Lake where I used to train the last rodeo. You think we could use it? I imagine. Well, how long do you think it'd be till I, I really get good at it? I mean, good enough to win. When's that cash coming off? Uh, well, next week. Well, let's go out there tomorrow and look at it. What do you say? I say, hell yeah. All right. <laughs> Woo! Hey, Pam, I see you. Three jack dance. There you go. So he's going to learn to ride it from Uncle Bob there. And uh, so he he does. There we go. Once again, this movie is about a, a, a love story, a love affair, and riding a bull. A mechanical bull. God damn it. Who doesn't want to ride a mechanical bull? So he, he goes, and uh, again, they're just kind of, you know, dancing. And once again, Uncle Bob is a very kind of a liberal guy. He doesn't mind his, uh, you know, Nephew out there dancing with a, another girl after he's married, but I don't know. I'm just uh, I'm just me. But they do go out there, and uh, he starts learning how to ride the mechanical bull. And again, a mechanical bull. It, it gets explained here. Let's just go ahead and play the scene, and it might get explained here. Ride this thing right. You got to learn to ride it in style and form because you're competing against real bull riders, not just mechanical bull riders. You understand? I can tell you how to score points. I can't show you because I'm too fat, but I can tell you. If you listen to me, you can win. If you don't, you won't, okay? So there you go. He tells him, you know, I I know how to do it. Just listen to me, and uh, that's it. Now, Sissy pulls up to Bud's place and sees her name you know, not in the truck and gets a little upset because they had matching little mini uh, name uh, license plates in the back of the truck and that's how it worked. But Sissy, again, they showed that she was the kind of girl that wouldn't clean up, wouldn't do this, wouldn't do that. She was working. So she was not the best wife for him. Well, she goes there to try to see him. He's not there. He's obviously, he's working on the bull. She starts cleaning up and doing all this stuff. And she ends up writing him like a letter. And I will get right here to the part where she starts the letter. Give me one second. Here we go. Right now. Sorry about last night. Uh, I was kind of drunk. Uh, I was drunk. I woke up feeling awful about life and other stuff. Maybe we could be friends again. Maybe more. I didn't even mind cleaning up much. I didn't even mind cleaning up much. If you want to call me, I'll, I'll wait at Gilly's all afternoon. Uh, 
love your not yet ex-wife, sissy. P.S. 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 I miss you. Writes this note. Little Kenny Rogers in the background writes this note to Bud, leaves it in his room. Um, but while that's happening, she goes, gets ready to leave, and Pam pulls up, sees Sissy. Sissy's like, I'm just leaving. And, you know, again, it's the it's the ex-wife, it's the new girlfriend which he's not really supposed to have but uh it's it's just the whole the whole thing so she leaves and uh, sissy leaves and bud pulls up and he's ecstatic he's like oh man i i love a woman's touch around here it's a great great this is a great thing he thinks pam did it but the truth is sissy was the one they ended up cleaning up, and uh, we kind of roll through a little bit. Let's see, where are we at here? We go a little more into the movie, and uh, you know, he, Bud's cutting off his own <laughs> his own cast, and she doesn't get it. And he's like, "I ain't got the money you do. I can't just go to a hospital and you know get my cast taken off. I got to pay for that." So he takes off his cast, and. Pam sees the note that Sissy left and she hides it. She hides it and she puts it away. So Bud doesn't even see it at all. Again, he thinks Pam did all this, cleaned up the place, but she didn't. It was Sissy the whole time. And, you know, again, he wants to do this contest that he's going to try to do. But in the meantime, we got Sissy living with Wes. Now, Wes, once again, not the most trustworthy guy. And uh, Sissy walks in, and he's cheating already. And here we go. Home a little early, ain't you? No. Doesn't even deny it. Gets the girl out. It's one of the girls from Gillies. Marceline was just leaving. Excuse me. I'm sorry, sister. Doesn't matter, Marceline. See you later. So, there you go. Right there. And he's like, you know, you can't expect a guy like me to be faithful and this and that. And starts doesn't hit her yet but gets pretty mean with her and you know she she tries to get a little snippy with him and he gets very mean with her and uh so you see he's again he's just scumbag in the movie and that's just the the the, the part he's playing in this movie so um we we keep going in the movie after that and Again, we got this contest coming up, so Bud is ready. He's getting ready for that. He comes home from work, and 
you know, Pam's got dinner ready for him. He's ready. But the only thing he wants to think about is that bull. And here we go. My daddy might go. Well, you go on ahead. I'm going to work the graveyard shift tonight. Again? There's time and a half. I've got to. I'm going to go take a nap. Like, wake me up an hour and a half. I'm going to get us watch that son bitch run that bull. And then I'm going right to work, so don't forget. Aren't you hungry? No, I'll eat when I get up. Now, he's working the graveyard shift. We've got to remember that. So... He goes in, and you know, once again, Pam's a little worried that he's worried about this bull so much, but he goes to work the graveyard shift, and there's a a lightning strike, and his Uncle Bob passes away in the lightning strike. He There's a huge fire and a huge explosion, and bam. He dies. Um, we go to the funeral. No, no one called Sissy. And we go to the funeral right here. And I'm going to go ahead and play that real quick. This little part. Here we go. I'm so sorry. Nobody called me or nothing. I loved Uncle Pop. No, you do, darling. I'd love to, you know. Come on, Mama. Take care. Thanks. Thanks for coming. He was my uncle, too. I mean, he still is by marriage. Our divorce ain't final yet. I just, just, you know, I didn't, I wasn't able to get to the paper, so. Doesn't matter. Uncle Bob really wanted you to be happy. You happy? Hell yes, I'm happy. How about you? You happy? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I really am. I finally got what I wanted. I got a real cowboy. Well, I finally got what I wanted, too. I got myself a real lady. The family car is waiting. The family car is waiting. Uh, obviously, they both say they're happy, but they're both not happy. And that, that, that's kind of just one of the things right there that, you know, you, you know as you're going through. But you know he's riding this bull just to get Sissy back. And it, it just hasn't been out loud yet. But it will be. I promise you. So uh, Sissy tells him that her and Wes are going to be leaving after the, the rodeo tournament. And... You know, they're good with it. That's fine. So the rodeo tournament happens, and Bud wins. He goes through. It's it's a tournament, uh, but he wins. He's going up against Wes Hightower, of course, that guy. But he ends up winning the, the, uh, the bull riding tournament. And the one thing that Pam knows again we're, it's a love story so this is the way it's going to go the one thing Pam knows is that 
the only reason he did this tournament and rode this bull is for her, Sissy. And he's right, because at one point during the, 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 the tournament, she leaves. Now, what she doesn't know is Wes is planning on robbing Gillies. And Steve, his friend, is who he's going to actually be the guy that, to take in to rob. She has no clue about that. But here we go. So, once again, we, he's our, Travolta's won the, won the bull riding tournament. And Pam is there with him. And here we go. The one and only Joe Lamb. I know she did. She went out the side door. Shit. Man, I want her to see And the winner of the dance contest, Gator Conley and Denise Berryhill. <laughs> now, the punching bag event, the strong man of the bunch, Norman Tucker. So as they're doing this, Wes is coming in. He's got a gun to everyone. He's starting to tie him up. And Wes is robbing the place. Because remember, there's a payout to all these things. And it, it's 5000 to the winner of, the, uh, of each contest. So there's a big payout to everybody. And, um, you know, he's up there, uh, Travolta, and he comes down. And he's, you know, still kind of pissed off. And he says, we better go. But what? Practice. There we go. Winning oh. all the... I won't leave Aunt Karina alone too long. You did it for her, didn't you? What? Practice. Winning all that, didn't you? What are you talking about? Because he sure didn't do it for me. Pam, this ain't no time to start this for me. What are you talking about? Look, I'm a shit. I'm not that big a shit. I have to tell you something. Remember when you came back from riding on the bull that first time and the trailer was all clean and flowers around? Yeah. I didn't do that. Sissy did it. She was there. She left you a note asking you to phone her. I tore it up. So I was sort of jealous. I wanted to keep my cowboy. So there you go. He finds out that night that it was Sissy that cleaned the place did everything and she was just trying to keep her a cowboy as she said right there so you know it, the, the, again Wes is robbing the place right so before this scene though Wes was trying to get he didn't tell sissy but he hinted towards it and that he was going to rob the place and he slaps her and she's got this big black eye on her. And as, you know, Travolta's running out of the place, Bud, he is running out, and here we go. Sissy? Get out of here, Bud. I mean it. I gotta talk to you. Look, Wes is in Gillies and we're leaving. I know you're leaving. I just want to tell you something. I'm hard-headed. And I'm prideful. And I want to apologize clear back to when I hit you the first time. I love you, sissy. 
too. You do? Hmm? Look, sissy, I didn't know you came to the trailer that day. If, 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 if I had known that, I, I'd have called you, but you tore up that note. You can ride that goddamn bull any time you want. I don't want to ride it. And look, screw Mexico because we can do anything we want. I got. What happened to your face? Got hit. Did he hit you? Goddamn, I'm gonna kill that son of a bitch. I'm gonna kill him. I just leave. My now he goes back in, all hot, all pissed off, and Wes is trying to sneak out because remember he was robbing the place. He's trying to sneak out, and Steve sees him, starts to walk over, and you know he he's like, "Hey, Wes, what you doing?" And Bud comes walking up, and he's like, "Oh shit!" Bud beats the living shit out of him, knocks the money that he was gonna steal out of his fucking pocket, everything, and they catch him. So in the end, we get Wes going to jail. And, you know, again, we get Bud getting the girl. And it's just, once again, it's a, just one of those. Stuff. But he beats the piss out of Scott Glenn. If you haven't seen this movie, definitely, once again, it's on Hulu. Check it out. But uh, let me play the last little scene here when they're letting everybody go. And there we go. Oh. Wait. 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 Here we go. All right, now we go. Get back in the club. It's all over with. You do me the garbage can. See, there you go. I know where you live. Hey, bud, you put it on his ass pretty good. Hey, y'all get back in the club. It's all over with. Let's go. Get back in the club. Come on, bud. I'll buy you a beer. No way. We're going home. There you go. End of the movie. We got those two together. But once again, Scott Glenn going to jail. Wes, Wes going back to jail. It, it just, again, another great movie. Um, again, I, 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 I kind of lived this, this country life back then, you know, riding horses, this and that. And it, it, again, we shared a kind of a, an arena with the, the, the rodeo guys. So I kind of just grew up in the same kind of atmosphere as this. And this movie was just a cultural, you know, sh it was a shakeup because we had everyone dressing like cowboys after this movie. And it was just an incredible movie. And I am, I'm, I'm just excited. I got to do it. I know I spent a little more time than I probably should have, but uh, I wanted to go through the soundtrack. I wanted to go through this. I wanted to go through that. And I'm going to wrap it up here. I'm, uh, I've done, you know, I did plugs at the beginning of the show. You guys know that. You guys know you can always find uh, me back here Friday nights around uh, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. And, of course, you guys can find me and Smark on Wednesday nights. Dirt Sheet Dudes, do not ever 
forget to check us out and we'll be there. And on that note, I'm just pretty much going to wrap it up. I mean, just an incredible movie. I, I think I've said everything I could say about it, but it was just a movie that, you know, changed again. Travolta had the, the power to just change the culture with movies he did against Saturday Night Fever. He made it a disco culture. You know, it, just, it lasted for a long time. We've all fucking heard about it. And this movie did the same thing with country and country music. Everyone at, at that point was listening to it. Just an incredible, you know, the time, an incredible movie. <laughs> and uh, that's about it. I really got nothing else. So, all right. I, um, I appreciate everybody coming on by. Appreciate everybody listening. And that is it. I will uh, I'll be back next Friday night, right once again, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on uh, this right here, mixer.com slash Dirt Sheet Dudes. It ain't worth changing over because everybody looks for this station. So, all right, everybody. Appreciate everyone listening. Appreciate you. And see you.